0: Here on AM 1420, the answer. Yes, indeed, and hour number two is now underway. At nine minutes past ten o'clock, we uh, went a little bit longer there with Congressman Jim Jordan. Uh, I apologize for that. Not. Uh, Congressman Jordan is always good. I wish I would have more time. I wish he would just come on with an hour. I I get cursing out for an hour every week. Why can't I get Jordan? I mean, so what? He's got all this, you know, Congress stuff to do, right? Right. Uh, he's got to pass laws and help set the pace for the conservative movement in the United States Congress, which, of course, is the constitutional movement. And come on. A little priorities here, Jordan. Why don't you get on the radio for an hour with me every week? I say that, of course, tongue firmly planted in cheek. I don't even know how curse it out gives me an hour every Tuesday, to be quite frank. I don't. Between running his law firm and writing best-selling books and writing columns and working for the... Uh, uh, civil uh, u.s. civil rights commission i don't know how he gives me an hour a week but at any rate we'll take what we can get this is uh... the 24th morning of the fifth month in the year of our lord 2021 i've got a guest now that i've not spoken to on the air before but i hear the promos i hear his commercials for liberty valley church all the time on our airwaves and um... he just always has something very very powerful to say uh, kind of taking modern-day issues in our society and in our culture and applying the Word of God by way of the Bible to them in what turns out to be a very conservative, family-values-oriented way. So I asked Marcy, who is a member of Liberty Valley Church, Marcy, you know every time you call us is who answers your phone, uh, I said, can you get Pastor Jeff Turing on our program so we can talk a little bit about what he preaches and about what he sees for the future of this great country? And he was kind enough to come into our studio, actually, today. So, Pastor Jeff Turing, good to have you here. How are you this morning? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Bob? I'm great. Thank you. It's um I told Marcia, I don't know if it was a two, Thursday or Friday or something like that after one of your commercials ran with one of your messages and, you know, from, uh, I don't know if it's from a sermon or, or whatnot, but I said, this guy is all over it. It was the one where you talked about how we know the election was stolen and we know, you know, what we have to do to take back our country. That kind of thing. It isn't the normal, you know, type of, um, Preaching, I guess, that most people expect from their faith leaders. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. You kind of find a way to blend modern, political, societal, social issues in with the Word of God in your preaching, right?
1: Yes, I do. You know, history repeats itself.
0: So we're not going through anything new.
1: And what we're finding out is most of the churches are just too afraid to address the current issue. And that's probably part of the problem and part of the reason why we are where we are. Uh, if the churches don't address it and shape the culture like we are supposed to, well, then things are going to fall apart. You
0: know, I'm a Catholic, um, and it's weird um I think some Catholics would would argue with what you just said and said. You know what? It's, you're not supposed to be preaching about political things and uh, things of that nature in your you know in your sermons. That you're supposed to preach the word of God and interpret the Bible and and stay away from politicking because you're gonna you're gonna turn you know maybe half the congregation off. Uh, others might say no because I'll be honest with you. You know where I go to church, uh, my wife and I lament sometimes that you know the the messages are not modern enough, that the messages are not you know, talking about what we are all experiencing and we're, what we are dealing with. Do you find it hard to, to strike a balance there? Do your parishioners tell you, hey, keep up what you're doing, or do they ever tell you a little too much politics, uh, you know, pastor?
1: Um, well, yeah, we have a few, but uh, frankly, Bob, I, I don't care what anybody thinks. I, uh, we just teach the Bible, and the fact of the matter is is politics is full of the Bible. In the Old Testament, uh, Jesus is called a king. That's, that's a monarch, and he runs a government, which is the kingdom. So you can't get away from politics and religion. It's, it's, in the, it's all over the Bible. The nation of Israel uh, was run by the king. And so if you just teach through the Old Testament, you're going to have to mix politics because Israel went through ups and downs. They had bad leadership, they had good leadership, it was taught, they had prophets that taught the priests, the kings, the elders, the leaders what to do and how to behave, and if they didn't, uh, then there was uh, reconciliation, there was learning, and so all of it is political.
0: Well, I don't disagree at all about the politics itself being embedded into, you know, faith, but... um Your particular politics are decidedly conservative, which, by the way, I have great respect for Um, your politics are decidedly one sided rather than just saying, hey, here's what's going on. Politically speaking, some believe this, some believe that pray, pray that you are guided in the right manner. You are basically saying, no, this is the right way to do it. Does that do you get pushback for that? Um, Yeah, we have, but um, uh, our church, because
1: of the current situation, has um, grown exponentially. Our church is now full of patriots that uh, love God, love righteousness, and love our country. So as far as pushback goes, yeah, we've received it from without our walls, but uh, very little from within.
0: So that the the promo that um, uh, kind of prompted me to tell Marcy to get you on, and we've been kind of talking about this for a long time, and I always kept forgetting about it. But but you you talk, you said very specifically the election was stolen and we know it. Um, tell me more about that. And do you you know was are those promos directly from your sermons or do you record those specifically for radio promos?
1: Some of them are directly from sermons.
0: Um some of them are recorded separately, but okay. uh, when this tell me about that one. Tell me about that one. Was that from a sermon? And tell me, you know, when you said we know the election was stolen. Yes,
1: yeah, that was from a sermon, and uh, that sermon aired, and it did get quite a bit of kickback
0: from several,
1: um, well, from a lot of people actually. Mm-hmm. But we we do know the election was stolen, and we we see the evidence. We were just like anybody else. We watched it on TV. We saw the testimony of the postal delivery guy who has a a full truckload of ballots going across the state lines, and they go missing. We see the video of boxes underneath. They shut down the voting booths, and then all of a sudden everybody scurries around, and all of a sudden all the votes change to Biden. I mean, it's in plain sight. You can't deceive your own eyes. We saw it. We we know. So there's just no denying it.
0: Let me ask you this, Pastor Jeff Turing of uh, Liberty Valley Church. Um, after November third happened, and in the weeks of you know what we what you're talking about that came out, all of the information that we, we saw in plain sight, and more importantly, after um, the Georgia runoff in early January, in which Raphael Warnock Raphael Warnock was voted in uh, to the United States Senate, and we lost uh, control of the Senate. Right. It's a fifty-fifty, but of course they control it with the tie from Kamala Harris. I, I'm going to ask you a religious question now because I I said a prayer to God. I talked about it on the radio, and and I said, why are you allowing this? I I, I literally did because I I remember praying and I remember talking about my prayers before the election, saying God God is not going to turn his back. Uh, you know, God's not going to let the evil win by deception, by theft, as you say, theft of election. Mm-hmm. He's not going to allow these people to, to profit from their, from their shenanigans and these kind of things. And, you know, and then, like I said, then Georgia happened. And I said, cause, you know, Georgia, Georgia was always our, our fail safe. You know, that was our, that was our, our wall, if you will. You know, they might right. have the House and they might have Biden, but boy, we can stop most of the damage by controlling the Senate. And then we lost the Senate. Mm-hmm. And I came on the radio and I said, you know, I still believe in God and I believe God has this but I am struggling to understand why he is allowing the wicked and I truly believe so much of what is being done on behalf of the the progressives uh, or at the behest of the progressives um, is wicked and it's evil. Why in the world would God allow all of this to go on? I don't know the answer. Uh, that doesn't mean I lost my faith, but I'm just struggling to figure out. That's what faith is, right? It's right? Faith is a belief in something for which you have no evidence. I can't figure out what the evidence is. Why I should continue to believe this is all going to be okay. Um, so, do you do you encounter that, Jeff or Pastor Turing, in, in your own in your own faith as you try to figure out why God is allowing the wicked to prosper? Well, well. first of
1: all, faith, there is evidence for faith. So faith is the substance of things not seen, evidence of these things. So there is evidence of it. But as far as God allowing these things, he gives us, uh, he gives us choices and free will. And that's, that's the main line of why the churches are collapsing. The churches are the ones that are supposed to be running the ship. We're supposed to be shaping culture. We're supposed to be doing this. And so God is certainly in control, but he gives the churches the free will to exercise our rights. And so what happened there in Georgia is is God clearly is on the side of righteousness. Same thing in, in November with the presidential election. God is on the side of righteousness, but God's people are beginning to fumble. And so when you have mainline religious leaders that are afraid to touch it, then how are the sheep supposed to behave? If, the, if you smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. So God clearly has um, a role in these things. But like, like you said in the intro, uh, most people think that you're supposed to divide politics from religion, and that's just clearly not the case. So what we're doing is only reaping what we're sowing. You, you, you can't have... You can't have a silent majority church that just is stuffed in a corner somewhere and then expect God to do something. He doesn't part the Red Sea anymore. Uh, I mean, occasionally he, he may do some big miraculous thing. But for the most part, he works through the hands and feet of his church who have been stifled into a corner.
0: Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I um. But I, like I said, I think of the, the prayers of millions for life, you know for, for pro-life to win over pro-choice. Well, there's for,
1: there's a time to pray and there's a time to act. Uh-huh And well, you can pray no all about you, that. You can pray all that you want, but if you don't get the shovel out and dig the hole, you can stand there and watch
0: that ground never move. Well, it's being dug from two different directions, however, and I want to. If I want you to hang on for a second here, we'll take our break here, and I want to have you on for another segment. I want to talk about the division in this country right now, uh, and whether or not you think it will ever end to the point where unity happens, and if not, what becomes of this republic? What becomes of this country if we continue for another two, five, ten years of this type of horrific? partisan division in this country. I'll ask uh, Pastor Jeff Touring that on the other side on AM 1420 The Answer. Okay, it's 1024. Let's continue now with Pastor Jeff Touring of Liberty Valley Church. Alright, Pastor Jeff, like I said a moment ago, um... You know, we're, we're in a really hopelessly divided place right now in this country, maybe more so than at any time since, I don't know, the civil rights uh, movement in 1964 when that act was passed, uh, maybe right. Vietnam. Uh, but this is this is incredibly dangerous for us. Do you think that there is a way for us to unite? Will we ever be able to put aside all of the partisanship and the rancor that we are dealing with, and say, you know what, for the betterment of the country, we're going to have to find a way to compromise and come together? Or is this hopeless? And if it is hopeless, if this type of if this type of, type of division is our future, can this country survive?
1: Oh no, it's definitely not hopeless. And and that's what I'm I'm preaching on in church from the pulpit. These things need to be uh, sounded loud from the pulpits, that it's never hopeless. And the Israel in the Old Testament had a very sinful government that took itself down, I mean, from within. And so it, it, even in the history of Israel, it ended up divided. You had then the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom, and that was from within. And so... Uh, Sin then pummeled it, and that's the difference between now and the civil rights movement is now you find that the left is literally coming out and being sinful. And so the division is going to happen, but God always has a remnant, and it doesn't take a majority, just a relentless minority with brush fires of freedom. And so if you if we have that and this little bit of a, a gathering, so what we had in in the early days of the country was you had – Churches, farms, and honky-tonks were emptied out. And we, empt- we we ended up in 1776 taking on the crown, and everyone united. At first, there was division big time, loyalists and uh, revolt. But once it started to go, uh, there was a unity within our country of, of a, a fire of freedom. And a lot of it came from the pulpits. And so it's definitely... Not hopeless, but I'm telling you right now, we we don't need a, a political leader. We don't need a a president Washington. We're at this point, we need a general Washington to gather together. And so that that's that's where the the hope is 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 the gathering of the churches, the farm boys, and the honky tonks.
0: You know the uh, the the tough part about this is that. You know, it it took horrendous actions from the British monarchy for us to, in 1776, kind of come together and do what we did. Uh, a lot of people say that right. it will take another terrible, terrible tragedy like a 9/11. You know we we came together the most we come together the most after the most unthinkable atrocities are committed against us. Is that what it will take? Will something just horrible have to happen for us to say, "Okay, let's put aside our politics now and just come together as Americans?" Because I hope it's not that.
1: Usually that's what it is. And in fact, that's one of the uh, spots that is airing on your station. Uh, January 6th was a second tea party. The people had enough. And the, and we rose up and sh- and displayed that that house is the people's house, not for the elites. And so there uh, a major event takes place, and I'm telling you, you'll stir people that aren't normally stirred. There's a silent majority. There is a ton of people that, 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 that don't seem to be around, but they're there. They're just not making their voices heard, and there is no one for them to gather around. Uh, Trump was that. He, he brought average people together, and then – we had this huge movement where you, on the National Mall you had over a million people there. And that's just average mom and pops, that's grandmas, grandpas, aunts and uncles that normally don't say their voice. The left has this huge voice in the bully pulpit where they just shout it out, and the average person just keeps to themselves and works. So that's, that's where we need. We need someone to gather around and rally around and people like yourself who are um,
0: telling the truth. Um Pastor Jeff, since you brought up uh, January sixth uh, I was talking earlier this morning about the uh, move for a commission to investigate what happened, and so many people are trying to make this out in my my estimation something that it wasn 't um you were there, correct you were among the crowd of uh, of i don 't know how many people that were there to hear President Trump speak and uh to demand accountability in our elections absolutely
1: yeah and and there is no uh we don 't need to make estimation we know. What, what happened that day? That was no riot. Um, that was just peacefully coming and telling them, this is our house. I've never been, no one ever has gone to a riot where people say, excuse me, pardon me, can I get by? <laughs> I mean, there was a guy there, I'm not, no kidding, Bob, there was a guy there who had a puppy in his backpack and he took him out and walked him around, and everyone was petting his little puppy. The riots, that doesn't happen for BLM. That doesn't happen in Antifa riots. You know, they don't, you can't have a, a little puppy going around with people petting him.
0: Well, you also don't usually go to riots, particularly if they are intended to be an insurrection, which is an <laughs> right. attempt to overthrow the, the government, without arms. You, you usually you would come armed with guns, uh, you know if you're going to call this a you know a, a, a monumental moment in, in taking back our country, if it was truly to be an insurrection, you'd probably have to arm yourself. There were no arms were there you were there in person? There were no arms? No, there were no arms, there was no
1: threats. It was the most courteous, polite day. It just was a, of a bunch of average people that are tired of the elitists pushing us around and I'm telling you, Bob. They are afraid. That's why the Capitol is still to this day under guard and barbed wire. They are afraid of us gathering together, just average American people.
0: I I will not backtrack on what I have said. However, some did go too far. If you were among those who smashed a window to get into the Capitol, if you if yes. you damaged the building and then and then trespassed on that property during that time, I think you have to pay a price. Well, let me I don't tell think you, this, anybody Bob. should be. I don't think anybody should be excused for that. But that was such a tiny percentage mm. of the massive number of people that were there just to do what President Trump said, peacefully and patriotically, make your voice heard. That's it.
1: Well, let me. T- Tell you something. Since you bring up, broken windows. Sure. The Capitol building has windows intact because I personally told men to put that down. So when I was there, there were there were people who were uh, bringing. Uh, they brought the um, barricades and they tried to smash the windows and literally threw them at. I went over to
0: them personally and said, "Do not do that." This is our capital. I love this place. I am a patriot. Okay, hold on a second. Now, you, you, this is new information to me, that you were that close to it enough to the point where you were telling people to stop. That yeah. means you have more to say. So I want to put you on hold. Can you stick around for one more segment? I sure can. Okay, Pastor Jeff Toring of um, Liberty Valley uh, Church is going to stick with us here. I knew he was at... The Capitol on January 6th, I was about to ask him where he was when all of the, you know, the uh, vandalism took place and the storming of the Capitol took place. I was thinking he would tell me he was way in the back saying prayers, but he was way up front trying to dissuade people from their actions. So uh, let's learn more about that on the other side of the news. Okay, it's 1038. Um, we're going to do one more segment here with uh, Pastor Jeff Turing. I uh, hadn't planned to do this, but now I'm very intrigued. Uh, pastor Jeff Turing is the pastor at Liberty Valley Church. Uh, you hear his promos on this program, uh, segments and excerpts from his sermons, and uh, that's what led me to bring him on, and we're talking about what's going on in this country, how to save it. And uh, now we're talking about January 6th. So Pastor Jeff, there was... Uh, a vote in the House to create a January 6th commission to investigate what happened at uh, uh, the Capitol building on January 6th. And dem- liberal Democrats ostens- ostensibly want to find a way to uh, blame Donald Trump yet again. They failed with his impeachment. Uh, and now they're going to try to do it this way through uh, the finding of guilt and responsibility of him and his supporters for trying to um, essentially stage a coup against the government. This is what they say. Uh, so most of us who were not there, excuse me, were relying on coverage and eyewitness accounts. Now I find out you are one of them. You weren't just way in the background. You were up front by the Capitol building, as you started to tell us uh, at the end of the last segment. Can you go into more detail about what you saw and what you did? Yeah, sure. So there there was nothing criminal uh, from
1: – I mean, there were a few that – might have been BLM or they might have been something else, or they might have been trump supporters as well you know i 'm not one of those that say that they were all the people that caused trouble were BLM or some covert action The trump people some of them they were upset yeah. and i can 't blame them with the obviously it was stolen but Uh, So while I was there, I was stifling any kind of criminal activity, if I even saw anything remotely. So even on the way in, when the um, Homeland Security uh, police were on their way, they were blocked, and a gentleman started to bang on his hood. I said, don't do that. Uh, We're not criminals. We're not rioting. Leave the guy go. Don't don't even make him afraid. He's just doing his job, and we're for law and order. We support the police. And so even the riot police that were there, we were full support of them and i even looked one uh, gentleman in the eye and and you know it there's this feeling that you get that you think you know maybe they're on our side as well it could be could just because they work for the capitol police doesn't mean that they don't vote for trump they could have believed the same thing that we believed and so it was a very very interesting time and i can tell you bob it's a lot more spiritual than anybody wants to believe or even know
0: well, I had uh, somebody else talk about that earlier on in the first hour of the show who was there, my friend Mario Assenzi, and he said there, excuse me, there were a lot of, uh, a lot of flags there, there was a lot of patriotism. I mentioned that I heard people say there were rosaries, people were praying sure. uh, for our country, excuse me, for our country. Uh, which does not sound much like a riot or, like I said, an attempted coup d'etat. So, um, you, 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 uh, were, were up close to the, to the building and you said you saw people who were about to smash windows and you told them to put these things down. You also said you looked into the eyes of a, of a, of a riot cop. I, I was under the impression that there weren't any riot police. This was one of the complaints many say is that, like, in the, BLM Antifa rally slash riots in the cities. The cops were there in full riot gear. But when uh, they went for the Capitol, the Capitol Police were the only people there. There was no riot gear. That's what we were told. So you, you saw something different?
1: No, there was a definitely riot gear police there. Uh, toward the end, that's how that's how it all stopped. Because they just assembled themselves in riot gear and actually very courteously... I and mean, they used... I don't want to uh, misrepresent it, but so they used flash bombs and some tear gas. But for the most part, they just slowly marched forward. And some of us just said, okay, well, you know what? It's, it's just time to go.
0: Let's, there let's there were leave. videos, Pastor Jeff Turing, of pe- uh, police officers actually pulling back bicycle gates. Opening essentially the floodgates, if you will, for people to pour through and go right up to the Capitol and and into the Capitol. Right. Um, I've seen some of those videos and I've scratched my head and saying, "What is that all about?" Because it makes it look like the police there were complicit in letting people inside. So then, how for uh, therefore, how could they be charged with trespassing if they were given po- permission by the police? Did you have any insight or any any? Did you witness any of that? Oh, sure. There, there. It was.
1: There was definitely, I mean, people just walked up the back steps toward the, I mean, in the beginning there was, they allowed some people in to get it started, and then more people came and more people came, and then there was some trying of restraint to, to stop the people from going, and there was, but then toward the end, uh, the bulk of the people literally walked around the side of the building and just walked right up the steps, and then we, they, we just stood there and there were some people again that were trying to exercise violence and even going in the building i i was saying don't go in the building there's no reason to go in there's there's and first of all you're going to get shot don't do that and so i would tell people uh don't break anything behave and, and i was uh, and they were listening they did put down the uh that um, barricade mhm mm-hmm.
0: so um do you believe that the investigations that have been done into the January 6th events is enough? Are they enough? Or do you think they need to have this 9-11 style commission that they have just voted
1: on? Oh, it's going to be totally corrupt. Any investigation, you know, it's just like the voting. It doesn't matter who votes. What matters is who counts. And the same thing with the investigation. It, the truth, they're not looking to get the truth. Uh, the truth, the truth is, is, is that there was not a single shot fired from our side. And so the, it was not an insurrection. It was a rally of uh, people that just let them know that this is, this is the people's house, and we have every right to stand at the Capitol. That's not criminal trespassing. That is public land that we own. Right.
0: Until, we, you, until you go inside when you're not part of a, an invited tour group or something.
1: Exactly, and that's why I was exclaiming to people, don't go inside, just exercise your right here as a uh, rally or a protest, which you're allowed legally to do, and no violence is necessary. And there really was barely any violence that I saw, although I can tell you, Bob, that as soon as I saw the cameras set up, I th- I they aimed it specifically at the few bad people because i said oh no that's going to look bad on tv and sure enough as soon as it all starts happening i'm getting texts saying it looks like absolute chaos and i said well it's not absolute chaos um literally we're just standing here and uh uh, there was a chant at one time we love trump uh
0: which they would probably consider violence on the left (laughs) right love (laughs) right uh uh, okay so if um what we saw is you know a few what of what i would call agents provocateur um i you mentioned a moment ago you're not one of those people who believes it was all anti for black lives matter I'm, i don't no. believe it was all that either but i believe there was enough of that to take some people who were there to peacefully yell we love trump and and uh, don't certify the election and whatever other chants or prayers they wanted to do That were inspired and incited into going in by those. Again, there have been some videos. Uh, one African American young person is, is right now facing charges for, uh, videotaping himself and others and encouraging people and going, come on, let's get in here. Let's take over this blank blank. And the truth of the matter is, he wasn't a Trump supporter. He was, you know, a BLM supporter who was trying to set up Trump supporters into breaking the law and thus, as you say, you know, creating bad optics. Right. Um, How much of that did you see personally?
1: Uh, Well, it was difficult to tell who was who, so I don't, I can't actually say that this person doing one thing was a Trump supporter or not because they just looked like average people. Right, Um, but there definitely was um, things that were pre-arranged to do that because we knew. More than likely, it, you know, and, it, and I can tell you the truth. Honestly, the, the sentiment of the rally before the Capitol part of it, mm-hmm. um, the average people were, were not rallied by Trump's speech to go do that. Actually, it was the opposite. We felt like the, his speech that he gave, we already heard all that information. We, we knew all that. That's, we, we wanted to actually uh, hear something new of something that was going to take place, and so by the time of the end of the speech, um, people were already leaving. He wasn't inciting anything; actually, he was doing the opposite. So we left uh, the rally of his speech early because we were like, well, "Hey, we don't want to hear this all over again. We've heard this before ten thousand times. We we want to actually go do something. Let's go to the Capitol." And so we left to just peacefully protest. And what my thought was is, well, if we all go there, if you have a million people that show up outside chanting something, clearly the people inside will hear our voices. And that was basically uh, the thrust of it.
0: Um, Some on the left, and since you were there, I'll just kind of, again, kind of ferret this out through you, uh, say that it wasn't as much Trump as much as it was the event and that people like Rudy Giuliani did not just say go and peacefully, patriotically make your voices heard, that he referenced we need to go and have trial by combat, which might suggest let's go create combat. Let's go and attack physically uh and and stop this process from happening. Now, I I have no doubt in my mind he didn't mean actually do that, but it was just kind of fiery talk and and uh but but did you hear Rudy Giuliani's speech and did you feel more incited, if you will, by him than you did by President Trump, as some have suggested?
1: No, that's, that's just normal speech writing or hyperbole. I mean, that, that's just a good speaker that, um, that, that can um, encourage people or to rally people around. But no, there, there, there was nothing by Rudy Giuliani either. There was no intention of doing anything violent. Um, they're just aunts, uncles, cousins, grandfathers, um, people that, that know our election was just stolen. And we also know that um, there are principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places from the book of Ephesians that took place. And, and so we are actually up against evil itself. But we, we have, there was, no, um, uh, no, there was no idea, let's just go in there and start a riot. There, there was nothing of that sort. And everything right. that you hear on the news is just so corrupted. You can't trust half the things you hear.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, Pastor Jeff Turing, it's been very enlightening hearing your firsthand account of what happened there, and also just talking with us about the uh, uh, current state of this country, the division, and uh, the, the role that faith plays in, well, I guess it's a two-way street, the role that faith plays in our politics, and the role that politics plays in our faith, right?
1: Yeah, it is, and it's important, because, so I listen to you occasionally as well, and, and, I, and I meet with other po- political leaders, and honestly, I'm not a political expert, But I I can tell you that a lot of the political people are not religious experts. They don't know the Word of God. And so if we could come together, and I'm telling you that's the hope of this, is if the people who are Bible-believing Christians merge with the average mom-and-pop conservative person who just loves the country the way that it has been for the past 200 years, um, victory will be ours and revival can break out. At our church, revival right now is breaking out. I mean, And I don't mean in a uh, crazy hang-from-the-chandeliers kind of sense. I just mean people are hungry to hear what is going on and what does God have to say about it.
0: That is, uh, that is the question, uh, and I would love to, to learn more. Obviously, I think so many other people would. We've got to learn what does God have to say about it. Well, he has plenty to say. There's 66 books full of things to say. And the question is is whether or not we are listening. Right. Uh, for 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 a lot of us. Pastor Jeff Turing, Liberty Valley Church. Pastor, thank you for coming into our studio. I appreciate you being there for that and uh for sh- kind of shining a light on what's going on and certainly for your first hand account of what happened on January sixth. We appreciate that. Keep up the great work with your congregation. Thanks, Bob. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, that's Pastor Jeff Turing. Uh, I kind of wanted to do that for a while now. I'm glad we finally got it. Uh, in fact, we may talk to him again. That's a lot of important information. He was up front and in person at the uh, breach of the Capitol, and uh, he wanted people to remain peaceful and not smash things, talk to people down from that, uh, and really has the truth about what happened that day. Uh, no 9-11 style commission needed, by the way. Got one more segment to go. We'll try to squeeze in a couple of calls after this on AM 1420 the answer. All
1: right, ten fifty-five.
0: Final segment for this Monday edition. Thanks again to Jim Jordan who joined us in the first hour. Thanks to uh, Pastor Jeff Turing who joined us uh, for most of the second hour. Don't forget, we got Kirsten now. Speaking of hour-long conversations, Pete will be with us tomorrow. Did you register for your vaccine, uh card yet? <laughs> I'm still blown away that this is actually going to happen. Does this start on Wednesday? I think it starts. Uh, hold on. Yeah, the deadline to register was last night. I believe, and the first drawing is going to be coming up on Wednesday. Uh, Yeah, five weeks starting Wednesday. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm looking at it, and I'm still trying to understand how and why. That $5 million was earmarked for COVID relief. Why would they not give 500 business owners who were so destroyed by the unnecessary lockdowns, why not give 500 business owners $10,000 each? If you've got $5 million to spend, give them $10,000 each to get themselves back up and running again, to get their businesses open and on a paying basis again. Or give five people a $1 million each just to entice them to get the vaccination. Which one is the better expenditure of COVID relief dollars? I'm disgusted by this whole thing. We'll talk about that tomorrow as well. Let's go to TJ in Cleveland. Hey, TJ, thanks for waiting. You're on the air.
2: Yeah, you know, Bob, my neighbor was at the Capitol that day, and he was showing me videos he did on his phone. Yeah. And he said these were at Tifa and and BLM, and they were wearing Trump hats, but they all had one thing in common. They had their hats on backwards. And everybody knows that Trump supporter doesn't wear his hat backwards. That was so they could distinguish between each other who they were, and they were instigating the crowd. And, you know, one other thing bugs me. I see in New York the attorney general is trying to charge Trump with overvaluing property for loan purposes. Now, Bob, our government does that to us all the time. They overvalue our property. They assess it much higher for what? Tax purposes. You
0: well, yeah, that's exactly that. why they do it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the, more, exactly. the more your property is worth, the more they can collect from you uh, at tax time. Right.
2: So how do they get away with it? But then a private citizen kind of does the same thing, and it's against the law, when they do it to us all the time, you know, to squeeze more money out of us.
0: Sure they do. That's what makes them the government. You know, I mean uh, that—that's not that doesn't surprise me at all. And you're right to be angry about it, Uh, but you know, there's nothing you can do about it. That's the unfortunate thing. Hey, real quick, T.J., going back to the uh, back to the January sixth thing. You said you had a friend there, just one.
2: Yeah, him and his mom went, and they were at you know in front. They weren't in the building, but they were in front of the Capitol.
0: Tell them to call me sometime if you could. The only reason I, I I'm really fascinated as I just heard from the pastor there because he was up there, you know, up close and personal. Um, as they vote in the Senate on whether or not they're going to create this ridiculous commission, TJ, I want more and more Americans to speak out. And if they can do it on radio programs like this or others, I think that would be a good thing. Tell us what really happened that day. What did you see? Did you see organizing and planning on this big insurrection? Did you see guns and so forth? Uh, I would really love to talk to more people. So if you've got friends who are there, whether it's just one or two, tell them to give me a call one of these days, okay?
2: I'll do that, Bob.
0: Thank you, TJ. appreciate you. All right, that's TJ, uh, and that's going to do it for us. I, I'm, I'm going to say that to everybody right now. If you weren't there, see, Mario, Mario Innocenzi was there. He called me earlier today. Pastor Jeff was there. We just talked about it. I want as many people's firsthand accounts rather than trusting the media's accounts of what happened on January 6th before we get to any kind of a ridiculous January 6th commission. All right, that's it. That's all the
2: time we've got. Stay right here. Gallagher's next. AM 1420, The Answer. We'll see you. Bye.